Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Thank and exhort you. We magnify your name once again. We're here to receive instructions. The daily bread that will give us life, move on to the place of glory. For the mind that you enlighten our mind, grant us wisdom in that Lord which is going to be shared. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we want to continue with our series on the showbread or purpose. Call according to his purpose, like we saw before. But this is part three, and that's a study, and I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to end it up here. But tonight I'm going to be sharing in relation to the other side of the showbread. But first of all, let's start with the book of Exodus 25, verse number 3. I mean number 30. Exodus 25, verse number 30. And thou shalt set upon the table showbread before me always. Thou shalt set upon the table showbread before me always. And we said the showbread here consists of the twelve unliving loaves said traditionally to have been laid in piles of six each like we find in the previous illustration that I tried to give to you and the showbread like we're saying they are 12 in number six on both sides in between the frankincense and I made you to understand that the showbread stands for the 12 tribe of Israel that's where they're having 12 loaves there all right so but let's go down to the main text which is Romans chapter 8 verse 28 and again I would like us to read from 26 in the book of Romans chapter 8 from verse 26 Romans 8 26 praise the Lord likewise the spirit also helpeth our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for us we ought to but the spirit itself make an intercession for us with groaning which cannot be altered. And verse 26 says, verse 27, And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now verse 28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And I'm trying to explain to you that the word purpose there is protesis, which speaks of a certain thought, proposal, intention, but especially the showbread in the temple. The word purpose there stands for the showbread in the temple. That's what I try to make you understand. And that's what we're dealing with. And then we've been able to see the significance of the showbread as it was in the temple. And again, we read from the book of 2 Timothy 1, verse number 9. 2 Timothy 1, verse number 9. Bible says, Who hath saved us and called us with unholy calling? He has saved us. He's not going to save us. He's not about to save us. We saved. The Bible says, According to his calling, not according to our works. But according to his own purpose and grace. And the word purpose there also is the word showbread. And which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So you see you find your purpose in Christ. The showbread is found in Christ. The showbread is Christ if you will. Because like we said before it's made from wheat. Right? Now he's saying that we find our salvation or being saved according to his own purpose that's and grace in Christ meaning we find our purpose of life in Christ which is the reflection of that which is actually what the children stands for we, we reveal Christ which is truly our identity praise the living God 
if you truly want to find God or you truly want to find your true identity you're going to find it in Christ now let me give you an example uh, look at the book of Colossians chapter 3 let's look at uh, Colossians 3 let's look at 3 and 4 Colossians 3 verse 3 and 4 for you are dead and your life is healed with Christ in God you are dead and your life is healed with Christ in God what's the next thing verse 4 when Christ who is what our life shall appear then shall he appear with you what in glory so Christ is our life so to find your true life you find it in Christ it is in Christ you truly find your true identity praise the Lord are you with me that you find your true identity in Christ your life is ultimately found in Christ nothing else he is our life so in discovering your life in terms of say you want to discover your life you discover your life through christ or in christ when it might be in christ is a new creature you see that is where life really comes from that is where you can find your true identity as far as nature of life is concerned praise the living god so i want you to gather this now you see when for instance in matthew 16 you see jesus asked a question who do men say that i am and you see people begin to say several things and but what was it that peter said he said that art christ the son of the living god but the truth is peter only discovered his true identity by that statement is that okay right if you can find christ you find life if you can discover who christ is you discover true life what life really stands for you look at the qualities of christ you find the true quality of what god intended man to exhibit on the face of the earth because in the very beginning we are told god let's make man our image at our likeness and let it have dominion so to begin to find yourself as the true image of god it means you're going to find yourself in christ because christ is express image and the glory of god like you find in hebrews chapter 1 verse number 3 if you can find yourself in christ you find your true identity let's let me just give you some simple things here i don't know i'm going this way but you see watch this somebody can be so angered you know all kind of characters that we can exhibit being in, being in adam but you see when a man comes to christ you discover that for you to begin to exhibit the true life of christ you're going to be exhibiting what we call the lamb nature of christ amen the lamb nature of christ you begin to see yourself I mean let me use the word you just mellow down somebody who can be very aggressive and all that if you truly find christ and discover your true life you're going to at the end discover that even the way you get angry easily it's not of christ so it's not part of you it's not a big part of you you see the bible tells us that i bought the image of an earthly which has to be the image of the heavenly so now we bought the image of the earthly like in adam all manner of things came into our life now in christ all manner of his attribute his nature his virtue begin to flow in our lives that is what i've been born again really means that's what i've been you know into christ really means receiving a new nature which is completely opposed to the very nature you had before you finally came to christ are we together praise the living god and i feel this is very important this is very very important you see i was speaking to a fellow a few days ago and he was saying something i don't know what is wrong with me i said what is that the thing is wrong with you he said i get easily angered i said now remember this this simple statement from the book of proverbs that anger is found in the bosom of a fool if you can remember that anytime you want to do anything it will make you put a check on yourself i'm not a fool in other words when you get angry when you are not supposed to be angry you have a bit in foolishness so when you when you realize that why am i acting foolishly you begin to condemn now don't forget the word is christ from genesis to revelation is the word of god is that okay which is the nature of god so he can instruct you that's why the word is for instruction for correction that the man of god may be totally furnished on the good works so here we find that the bible says christ is our life and that is ultimately what it's supposed to be nothing else 
you are not going to discover life from any other source it comes from christ praise the lord all right so we're talking about purpose now and so let's, let's get a picture please if we can get the image again of the first of all the temple the open temple let's look at that place where you find the showbread and then you see the next thing by the showbread can we get a picture on the board now this is the temple i don't know if you can see clearly all right i think that's a little bit okay um we can't blow it up so much but if you look at this temple the way this opened out the most holy place they find the ark but right before the cutting you're going to see the table of showbread and the seven candlesticks they are there before the main that is before you go into the most holy place so can we get another picture of that now the point is this if this is the tabernacle and you are moving into the most holy place to this end you're going to have the showbread to this end you're going to have the seven candlesticks they are all within the framework are you seeing that all right so here you look at this picture this is the ark there this is seven candlesticks and on the other side you're going to see the the showbread which is the the 12 loaves of living bread that was supposed to be there so this is the candlesticks now there's there's a point i want you to see why I intend to round up this issue of the showbread with this candlesticks so go with me to the book of revelation chapter 1 verse number 4 revelation 1 verse number 4 praise the lord now revelation 1 verse number 4 it says remove the image okay bible say i john or john the seventh to the seven churches which are in asia grace be unto you and peace from him who is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne and i'm going to explain a little bit i'm going to touch on the seven spirit but let's get down to verse number number 11 revelation 1 verse 11 verse 11 says saying and i'm a far and omega and the first and the last and what thou seest write in the book and send it unto the seven churches which are in asia unto his ephesus and unto smyrna and unto pagamos and unto Thyatira, and unto sardis and unto philadelphia and unto laodicea now go to verse 12 and i turned to see the voice that spake with me and being turned i saw seven golden candlesticks hallelujah now this is just like the way it is how am i going to explain this for you to catch this now you see for israel in the temple the east is where the temple gate was is that okay so if you're facing the gate then you should be back in the ark the ark is to the west and the east is fine where you find the gate so that's why you see the bible talks about as the sun rises from the from the east and set where in the west so the movement of god is we leave the east country to the west country if you travel to the east you forsaking god are you getting what i'm talking about good so if you travel to the west you're going you're facing god and that is why the children of israel when they are burying somebody they make sure the legs face the east and the head to the west somehow traditionally you also see that in practice in in cemeteries when they want to bury this you know put the leg this way put the leg this way have you noticed that right now this is part of the culture that we've been vibed in now the understanding is you face your god on judgment day you rise to face god so because they believe in resurrection so when you bury somebody with a leg facing the east if he's standing up you're going to face god coming to the west are you there with me so perhaps what we're going to see from this is john was standing maybe facing this way and he turned and he saw this or he's facing this he turned around and he saw the man speaking and the next thing he saw was where the golden i mean the seven golden candlesticks that means 
he was this man was between the how do I put it now the first tabernacle and the second tabernacle you know we don't have the outer court is not counted the first tabernacle is the holy place is that okay right so Christ was standing there and the Bible says he was in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks he was in their midst so what is the seven golden candlesticks go to verse 20 verse 20 the mystery of the seven stars with a soils in the in my right hand are the seven candlesticks now the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches the word seven stars yes stands for the pastors is that okay right then and the seven candlesticks with the soils are the seven churches so what is that supposed to mean it simply means Christ in the midst of his church he speaks from within his church are you listening to me he was in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks meaning he's right in the midst of his church and that is the key point I want you to pick so over here you have the twelve what you can showbread on this other side you have what the seven golden candlesticks so he was right in the midst of them so that's where he's speaking from so he having fellowship with his body he's having fellowship with his church i'm going to speak more about this on sunday all right now so here we see that christ is in the midst of his church and this is important when we talk about the revelation of jesus christ for instance when we look at the book of revelation chapter one and verse number one what do you see it talks about the revelation of jesus christ right could god give unto him the revelation of jesus christ if you truly take a very close look at that word and you, you really want to meditate on it you find that the revelation of jesus christ is the revelation of the church why is this so as soon as john saw he was speaking he found him in the midst of his body so we can say he did not only see jesus he also saw the church they were all together now why is this so critical point is this you can't find somebody's body without his head if you're looking for me if you can find my body you find me i don't know if you're getting this good for somebody to be someone that you can identify with he must have a head if you see just a body walking in the street for sure you're going to run amen right so when we talk about the revelation of jesus christ we're also talking about the revelation of the body of christ for it is impossible like i said here to have a revelation of christ head the head without the revelation of the body it's not possible if the head is revealed then the body must be revealed praise the lord are you following me if a woman is giving birth the only thing is you first see the head of the baby and once you see the head of the baby you are sure of having a whole baby coming out is that okay the body follows the head it's a simple thing that you can understand from nature you can't talk about the head without the body no woman delivers a head without a body of the baby it is from the body that you determine which sex the, the baby is either a male or female but the primary thing that comes out is what the head merely looking at the head you cannot identify who the child is now help me now christ is the head is gone out if you will now is the body now that begins to identify who he is through the body you can know who christ is i don't know if you are following what i'm saying here it's very important now that's to tell you if you truly join to the body you're going to be manifesting what the head dictates because the body is connected to the head so to identify the head you're going to look at the body in the same thing you find that 
you can't find God without looking at the body of Christ. Christ will tell you, how can you say you see God? I mean, you want to look for God without looking at me? Or if you look at me, if you just see me, you're seeing the Father. He was the body of the Father, material, if you will. Are you there with me? All right. So there is no way you can have a revelation of the of the head without the body. And so we are members of his of his bones and flesh of his flesh. You remember that from our study on the benefit of the cluster. Is that okay? Right. We are the bone of his bone and the flesh of his flesh. We are the mind of his mind, the will of his will, the nature of his nature, the spirit of his spirit. We are all one. You have to understand that. So the book of Revelation is about Jesus Christ raised up in and revealed in his body. That is what the book of Revelation is all about. It's the revelation, the resurrection of Christ through his body. The revelation of Jesus Christ. You can't find Jesus without his body. Praise the Lord. Are we still here? And this must not surprise us like we said we just look at Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 4 when Christ with our life shall appear then shall we appear with him what in glory because we are one with him so if we are talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ then you're talking about the revelation of the body of Christ amen good so wherever the head is there the body is also if you want to find me, like I said before, you look for my body, and I'm always there. You want to find me? You're looking for. If you're looking for David, you you, you see my body, then you see me because my head is attached to my body. Praise the living God. You can't see my body without my head. Now are you going to see my head without my body? I'm one with my body. So if you are looking for Christ. You must find Christ within his body. Hallelujah. And don't forget, you are his body. Is that okay? Right. So, the expression of the revelation... Now, I want you to pick this. If, if, if I may have to just turn it around for you, maybe it, it will help you. The revelation of Jesus Christ equals the revelation of the body of Christ. So, in other words, through the body... Christ can be seen. Christ with spirit that cannot be seen can be seen. That's where we're coming from. It was in the midst of where the seven golden candlesticks, which are the seven churches. That's where he speaks from. So if you want to hear his voice, where are you going to hear his voice from? From his body, which is the church. Hallelujah. That means if we are truly the church. We have to become the expression of what Christ intends to say. We are the mouthpiece of Christ. And no wonder he said, You are not warm, not cold, and I will spew you out of my mouth. He was speaking to a corporate people. Praise the Lord. So we are talking about his body, which shall be revealed in the same full glory that they had while he was even on the earth, if you will. Now, if you look at Ephesians 1, verse 23. You'll be able to see that Ephesians 1 23 because it is his body talks about his body okay go to verse 22 verse 22 says and I put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church well, look at that verse 23 and you had a quicken verse 23 I said Ephesians 1 22-23 please now go back to 22 so that you can have the sequence of reading verse 22 and I put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church verse 23 which is what his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all now what that means is wherever the church is we begin to express the christ it is through the church that he wants to feel all things praise the lord 
Amen. I want you to follow this. So Christ dwells in his body in his fullness. Just as you live and move and speak and act in and through your body. That's the way Christ is. He speaks through the church. And now don't forget you are the church. So by implication, he speaks through you. Amen. And so wherever you find yourself, because he said through the church is going to fill everything with his presence. That means wherever you find yourself, you are supposed to be the expression of the Christ. Whether in the market, even if you are buying, you'll be expressing Christ by the way you even price and by the way you respond to those who are pricing from you. That's an expression of Christ wherever you find yourself. You are in the bank, you do an exchange, whatever thing you are doing, everywhere you find yourself, you are supposed to be an expression of the Christ. That's what is intended. That through the body, the creation, the world will begin to see Christ manifested. So when we talk about the revelation of Jesus Christ, we're talking about the revelation of the body of Christ on the face of the earth. Amen? Alright. So, the revelation of Christ apart from his body will be a kind of debased and distorted and grossly inferior imitation of Christ. What I mean is, if you talk about revelation of Christ without his body, that's going to be a distorted person. Because it's like you're going to have Christ and his body is either sick or feeble or something. No, so that is not the way it's supposed to be. Every fullness of that which you find in Christ you're supposed to find within the body because the body is of the Christ. Now let me give you an example of this. Look at what Paul, I mean he told Paul on the road to Damascus. Or so just look at Acts chapter 26 verse 14. When he met Saul on the road to Damascus and he fell down, you know, with the blood lightning and then woke up and had a voice. And then here is what we see in Exodus 26 verse 14. Bible says, and when we all, I mean we all fall into the earth, I had a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now, I want you to look at this statement. Why particularly thou me? Paul wasn't in any way, you know, never met Jesus on the road and was insulting him or doing anything to him. But you see, Jesus is saying, whatever you are doing to the church, you are doing to me. Because the church is my body. I'm the head of the church. Are you understand what I'm saying here? So here is identifying with the church. So if you said the revelation of Jesus Christ, what do you think you're talking about? The revelation of the body of Christ, because Christ and the body are one. Is it making sense to you? Because this is exactly what he told him. Why pass it down me? But Paul never slapped Jesus on the road to Damascus or anywhere. Remember what he was trying to do? He was going to get, I mean, God let us to go and get all the Christians arrested. And Paul is, I mean, I mean, Jesus is speaking to him. Why are you doing this to me? To whatever thing Saul was doing to the church, he was doing to a person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Good. Praise the Lord. So in the book of Revelation, there is a revelation of the Christ in his body. It cannot be otherwise. The revelation of Christ is the revelation of the Christ in his body. Praise the Lord. So we're talking about a time when we, we, you, see, you see Christ because you see the church. The church becomes the full expression of Christ wherever the church is located or situated. Which actually is you as an individual. Anywhere you are found, Christ is supposed to be found there. Praise the Lord. Now, what about the candlesticks? Which we read in the book of Revelation chapter 1 there. Talks about the candlesticks. And talks about the seven spirits of God. Is that okay? Before the throne. So what are the seven spirits of God? Which are before the throne. These are actually the spirits that portrays or flows out from within us. That reveal the very nature of Christ. In any situation that we find ourselves. We can see the seven spirits. 
in Isaiah chapter 11. So go with me to Isaiah chapter 11 from verse number 1 up to uh, number 1 to 2. And there shall come forth the rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Verse 2. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, number 1, the Spirit of wisdom, number 2, and understanding, number 3, Spirit of counsel, number 4, and of might, number 5, Spirit of knowledge, number 6, and of the fear of the Lord, number 7. Did you get that? Now, Christ expects you to walk with the Spirit. By implication, this Spirit must resident or be resident within you. They should be found within you. So, we come to the place at the seven candlestick. These are the things we walk with. These are the things that flows from us. As the body of Christ. Now I would like you to see something in verse number 3. Very important. Go to verse 3. And shall make of him quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge. Now I want you to look at this. He shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. Neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Go to number 4. Verse 4. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor. And reprove with equity for the milk of the earth. And he shall smile the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the bread of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Now, he's not going to kill people. But he's just demonstrating or revealing to us what the word can do. Amen. Now, but the point I want you to look at at the verse 3 and 4. He said he will not judge with what he sees, not what he's told. And verse 4 describe that act as what? righteous judgment that is why you as an individual and especially ministers you don't judge cases or pass judgment just because of what you hear by implication jesus we judge based on the motives of the individual i don't think i get in this let somebody come to tell you about someone should not inform your judgment about that individual even if the person committed the act i don't know if i get in this he tried to look at the motive jesus will see why you did what you did he judges you based on why you did what you did not because of what people come to tell him or what he's even seeing you doing for instance praise the lord Are we still here? Good. So, these are the seven spirits. And you need to go back and study the seven spirits and see how they work. I won't be able to do all of that for you. Spirit of mind, spirit of wisdom, the fear of the Lord, that of understanding. You should be able to come to begin to live your life based on those spirits. That is part of how you reflect the Christ in the society. Because I said the seven spirits of God were before the throne of God. And these are the seven spirits. This is where you find that it represents also the seven golden candlesticks. That which is supposed to be. Now if you watch the seven golden candlesticks, they come from one shaft and they branch out from one shaft. He's in the midst. He is the shaft. So we, 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 we are coming out of him. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Right. It's just one thing but seven branches coming out of it. Praise the Lord. Are you there? Okay. Let me now move to the time is almost gone again. Revelation 22, verse 20. Revelation 22, verse 22. I'm sorry. Revelation 21, verse 22. 21, verse 22. And I saw no temple during, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. I saw no temple. What is that supposed to mean? I'm going to be speaking more about this on Sunday, but let me say this to you. There comes a time when your individualness or individuality diminishes. 
that the only thing to be seen is Christ. Ordinarily, you are called the temple of God. Is that not true? Good. But there comes a time when there is no temple. That is so that your individuality merges up into Christ. The only thing I could see instead of seeing a temple was what? God Almighty and the Lamb. They become the temple of the city. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? You see, the idea of me and I dies out when Christ is fully manifested in your life. The only man that can be seen is Christ, not you. I saw no temple in this city. For the Lord and the God Almighty, they are the temple thereof. I don't see anything else. I don't see anybody. No James, no John, no David. Christ. <laughs> are you still there with me? Are you following me? I saw no temple, no, no individuality anymore. As far as the city of God is contained, the individualness diminishes. And this is where you see when it comes to the book of John chapter 24, I mean chapter 4 verse 23 to 24. Jesus speaking in John 23 to 24. Actually verse 24. The book of John chapter 4 verse 24. And he said, praise the Lord. Okay, let's go to verse 23. Let's start from 23. And he said, but the hour cometh." And now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to do what? To worship him. Verse 24 and say God is spirit. So another way of looking at this is that there is no natural temple in the city. So it's like saying in Israel a time comes when there shouldn't be a natural temple where people worship. In that quote. Because is dealing with the physical temple but now there's a dimension of the physical temple now we now have a temple made with our hands which has to do with this church praise the lord are we there so here we find that the glory of god comes from the most holy place go back now to the book of revelation 21 verse 23 revelation 1 Sorry, Revelation 21, verse 23, please. 21, 23. And the city, now watch this. In this city, no temple, no physical temple. Your individual identity is gone. The Bible now says, And the city had no need of the sun, nor of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the lamp is a light thereof. The glory of God did lighten the city. You have no need. Oh, help me now. You have no need of the sun or the moon. You know what that means? The sun and the moon were created to rule the night and to rule the day. In the book of Genesis, chapter 1. You remember that? He called the light day and the darkness he called night. And he created two great lights. One to rule the day and he called it sun. And one to rule the night and he called it the moon. Here the Bible says, oh now. You see what God what God was speaking to, 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 to well, this man, Noah. Remember that? Good. It talks about as long as the earth remains, day and night shall not cease. And these two factors revolve around day and night. What is that trying to make you understand? It's trying to make you understand that a time comes in your life where your natural atmosphere or natural situation will no longer be under your, I mean, your control. You won't be under the control of anything that is happening naturally. The light that controls you is the Lamb. Praise the Lord. No natural light. Now you see that again in the ark. I mean in the, in the temple. What is in the temple? Right from the middle court to the most holy of holies. No natural light comes in there. The moon doesn't come in there. 
because they discovered with the badger skin is that okay right so but right in there was the full glory of god once you step into the place you find the showbread and the seven candlesticks light is already there then when you move into the most holy place the glory of god is revealed so the man who walks into the dimension have no need of the sun or the moon are you following it so you as a city of god you can't be controlled by natural circumstances that's what the scripture is saying here by the time you finish partaking of the showbread you become the light among the seven candlesticks working with the wisdom and the knowledge of god then you come to a place where natural situation can no longer control you your life is not to be controlled by happenings around you for christ is our life and that's why he's saying here that the light of the city is not the moon not the sun but now the glory of god will shine in the city but the light that is this city is the lamb of god so one thing you need to ask yourself again is have i truly come to the place where my life is being fully controlled by the spirit of god that's the point who rules your life who controls your life what dictates your life that's what we're saying is it natural happenings you know i mean <laughs> you know we even have people who prophesy based on natural happenings they'll be controlled by natural things they read newspapers get news and use that to prophesy they are walking by the by the light of the sun and the moon because life speaks of understanding praise the lord are we still here you know the jewish people believed for years that the time is coming when in israel you have no need of the sun or the moon take it from here that the time is coming when in israel they are not going to have the sun or the moon the jews believe that praise the lord so god's light shines in the city and in the lamb the light is concentrated from where everywhere is diffused by the same light now you understand this like we said you see the showbread you see the seven candlesticks he was speaking from the midst of the church so now wherever the church is the life of christ is being diffused into those atmosphere praise the lord are we still here okay now go with me to the book of isaiah chapter 60 verse 19 I'm just trying to make you see those two things that you find in the holy place the showbread and the seven golden candlesticks Isaiah 60 verse 19 the sun shall be no more than light by day hallelujah neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee but the Lord shall be unto the everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. Praise the living God. Are you listening? God is right. There comes a time, there's a prophecy of Isaiah, which will be fulfilled now, like we find in the book of Revelation. There comes a time where the sun shall be no more than light by day neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee but the lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light and thy glory i mean thy god thy glory now you watch this in times of darkness you need the moon in the night and in the daytime you need the sun to give you light and life if i may use the word because you see by reason of the of the of the sun coming down you cannot have all the green grass your farmland whatever so you get light and you get light light and life they come from the sun are you getting that now but this is what i'm looking at this is what I'm, i want you to see there comes a time when natural natural situation is no longer to go dictate the life and what you produce 
by implication the time is coming when your focus will not just be on your means of livelihood in terms of what you can produce praise the living god and in the night you need the moon to help you out but here we're saying that even in the night the light of the glory of god is what you depend on and again we're talking about the night you talk about times of darkness times about of trouble times about time of famine whatever it is that's what the bible tells in isaiah 60 verse number one if you remember that very well arise shine the glory of life seen upon you right say gross darkness shall cover the earth but the light of the glory shall shine upon thee so where there is darkness upon the land which is like the time of the night season the glory of god in you which is the light of the lamp is what you depend on praise the living god verse 20 says isaiah 60 verse 20 now what did he say the sun shall be no more i mean go down neither shall the moon withdraw itself for the lord shall be thy everlasting light and the days of the morning shall be ended can i hear an amen praise the lord and he said thy people also shall be all righteous oh glory they shall inherit the land forever and the branch of my planting the works of my hand that i may be what glorified praise the lord verse 24 and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it and the kings of the earth do bring their honor and their glory into it the kings of the earth shall bring their honor and their glory into the city he's speaking to the church so there comes a time when the truth says the church will be the one to dictate to the nations the church will be the one to dictate to government if you will and i mean it praise the living god for the kings of the earth to bring their light into your own glory by implication they'll begin to see that their understanding and their wisdom is not sufficient to run the system they will want to need you that's exactly the way it was with joseph in egypt that's exactly the way it was with daniel in babylon praise the living god are you following me this is ministering within the realm of the seven candlesticks that you don't need natural light you don't need artificial system to control your mind your wisdom and knowledge is coming from the lord himself and that effulgence of glory that you receive you'll be able to manifest to other people who come close enough to you wherever you go you emanate and manifest what the glory of god for you have no need of the sun none of the moon to give you light you don't need natural situation to dictate your life and the hour is coming and i believe now is hallelujah that you can be able to walk in this life with all realms of knowledge and wisdom emanating from the very christ to which you represent as his body because you must understand it everything that was in christ is now in you because it's your head and you are his body again i'm saying the revelation of jesus christ is the revelation of his body for the creation to begin to see at the end of the day the fullness of the manifestation of the sons of god this is what it means to partake of not just the showbread but the seven candlesticks in the most holy place i mean in the holy place praise the living god and god intends us to walk in this realm when you partake of the bread you're partaking of the life of god when you partake of the seven candlesticks you're partaking of the wisdom and the revelation of god emanating from your life are you following that praise the living god and i want to again remind you remember john said i heard the voice speaking and when i turned i saw him in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks that is where you can truly find christ you can only find christ within the church amen and that is why the church is a body that is supposed to manifest christ wherever the church is and that is why you say you are the light of the world you are a city set on the hill he was speaking corporately to the body of christ and that's why you have to become a partaker of that light within this body by implication when you come to this realm your revelation and understanding is completely different from the one of the natural man 
Praise the living God. Are you following me? Amen. I just want to pray for you and believe in that God from this hour will begin to manifest himself to you. That you come to that place of the full revelation of the Christ. Not only just in your own little space, but within the realm that God has ordained for your life. As an individual, that right from this hour, the sun and the moon, the natural light will not longer dictate who you are supposed to be. They will not dictate your living. They will not dictate your sustenance. They will not dictate everything that you are supposed to be living your life with. In the name of the Lord Jesus, that Christ will so permeate your life. That wherever you find yourself, men shall see you. They shall behold the glory of Christ. Because the glory is going to be reflecting and manifesting out of your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. The sun I command them all to cease. Just as Joshua spoke to the moon to cease, the sun to cease. I demand that every natural thing that is manifesting and controlling your life should cease from this hour. In the name of Jesus. Let the glory of Christ begin to arise. Let the light of Christ begin to arise. Let your individualness begin to die. And let Christ begin to be manifested in the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.